And I remember uh, Danon Hughes, receiver for the Chiefs. He joins now. He is a radio broadcaster and uh, Chiefs color analyst uh, for the team. Danon, first, thank you for joining the show today. Hey, what's going on, man? How you doing? I am doing... Glad to be here. Yeah, thank you for joining the show. And before we talk about the game, um, I'm going to indulge myself. For people who don't know, how good was Derek Thomas? Oh, he was incredible. Incredible. The fastest... The fastest speed, like, you know, how everybody measures from 40-yard dashes and 20-yard dashes and other sports is 60 yards. and But with him, it was he's the fastest from one to five, and mm-hmm. that's all he needed to be. Like, yeah. from one yard to five yards, he was the fastest that I had ever seen. Uh, you know, he had a knack for stepping up in the big moments, especially if the quarterback's back was to the goal line. You know, he would make that that safety call and and then put on the heat so yeah i played with a lot of special guys i didn't know it at the time that i would have played with i believe six or seven hall of famers uh during my career but yeah he was one of the special ones how weird is that looking back now? Like when you're there with the player and you might not realize, like I, I, I think of Marcus Allen, um, Rich Gannon, I know isn't going to go in the Hall of Fame, but he would go on to win an MVP with the Raiders. But is it when you're in the middle of it all, it sometimes can be hard to recognize the greatness in front of you? Yeah, you recognize the greatness, but you're like, you know, when you see those guys in gold jackets while you're playing, you're like, you know, that's so lofty that – yeah, I recognize that Derek Thomas was on his way to that, and obviously Joe Montana and Marcus Allen were headed that way. But like, I, Tony Gonzalez had a terrible rookie year, and and I oh. played with him for two years. <laughs> um, you know, Will Shields and I were drafted together, so yeah. even though I saw how great he was, like he was my buddy, like we gra- we got drafted together, we knew each other from college. So you didn't, you know, you look back and you're like, oh wow. You know, 12 straight Pro Bowls. I guess he'll be in the, in the Hall of Fame. You know, Ronnie Lott, not many people know that Ronnie Lott, his last last uh, training camp in the NFL was with the Chiefs. So I got a chance to play with him. Um, there were several other guys that, you know, were on the on the verge of being in the Hall of Fame or mentioned year after year. And, and uh, you know, it was just a special time. But you recognize that, okay, those guys play at a different clip than the rest of us. But you don't know that it's like Hall of Fame worthy until like afterwards when you look back. That is true about Tony Gonzalez. It's remarkable for a guy as productive as he is in terms of his career numbers, and yet it's not like he got off to like a gangbuster start as a, as a rookie. Um, one last question, just to indulge me. Again, I, when I was watching the AFC Championship game, sitting next to me was uh, uh, my closest friend who's a Chiefs fan, and he's been one since like 1990. How tough is it as a player in that locker room when you lose? And and by this I mean like in 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 '95 that was an incredible team that got upset by the Colts. And you know, as a fan, we're like, oh my god, how could you lose it? But I'm curious, what is it like in the locker room afterwards among the players when all this work goes into it? And then I don't, I mean, does it feel like a rug's been pulled from under you? I mean, I'm always fascinated by the psychology. Yeah. So uh, unfortunately, I had. Too many losses in those situations, and um, but looking back on it, I can't recall a time when we were when we thought there was a chance that we would lose. And I and I say a chance that we would lose because in '93 we went to the AFC Championship. We played the Buffalo Bills at Buffalo. Now earlier that season we blew them out, 
at Arrowhead on Monday night football. So even though we were going into Buffalo, we still felt really confident that we could beat them again because of how bad we beat them on our home turf. We lost that game. 95, we lost to the Colts. We were a top seed. I believe we were the number one or number two seed. And so there was definitely not a thought in our mind that we would lose to the Colts, who just barely made the wild card. And then 97, we had played the, um, we played the Broncos in the playoffs and lost to them. And we had beat them early in the season, and we had actually won the AFC West. So those those are three instances where, like, in our minds, I don't think we thought, like, we we always thought, you know, hey, there's a chance we can lose. But we were really confident going into those games, and we wind up losing. So, yeah, I've been on the the wrong side of the fence multiple times, and thanks for bringing that up. I'm sorry. I'm I'm sorry. By the way, it's so unfair in football. It's one and done. Anything can happen. It's not like in Mm -hmm. basketball where it's a a seven-game series. If it was, you you would have beaten Harbaugh and the the Colts. All right, we'll we'll move on to the the current-day team with Danny Hughes, former receiver and broadcaster now with the Chiefs. Um, How are you doing moments after that game? I was watching it with a friend, stress drinking and eating Indian food. We were wiped out by the end of that game. Yeah, it was amazing. I was in the booth. I was on the call. I posted the uh, the video on Twitter and Instagram of the final call on the field goal with me and Mitch Holtis and the excitement that was going on in the booth. Now, obviously, because I'm actually working, I can't show all my emotions. So the emotions that flowed through me, like there's – uh, it, it goes in waves. Like, you know, there's the, the tears that are coming out of my eyes. There's the elation and the high fives, you know, the hugs and everything else. So it's like there's a whole different uh, wave of emotions that go through. But mainly it's just like happiness, man. It's just like such a cool feeling. Uh, and there's multiple levels to this because, as I mentioned earlier, with all those losses, like there's nothing I can do about those losses in the past and nothing in regards to affecting the chief's kingdom and the fans, the faithful that have supported us since, you know, the nineties. And now they're getting paid. Like they're getting paid off for all of that dedication, all of that commitment, the consistent nature of filling Arrowhead stadium every year, you know, setting the record for the loudest stadium in the world, all of that, and they hadn't had much postseason success. Along comes Andy Reid, then this other kid named Patrick Mahomes, and five straight years you're hosting an AFC championship, going to three uh, Super Bowls in the last four years, and it's like thank you. It's like a thank you to the fan base because they put up with so so much mediocrity, mediocrity back in the day, and. Um, we were able to pay him off. So there's there's the wave of emotions that goes into being in that booth, being in that stadium, and seeing that kick from Harrison Butker go through the uprights. Was that the guttiest game you've ever seen from Mahomes? Because I, I, I was just, I was amazed that that touchdown to Scantling, which and a lot of credit to the offensive line, but for for him to be able to produce, because uh, at that point he was just limping around as a guy who played at the highest level. Um, how impressive with what you saw from Mahomes on Sunday. Oh, I thought it was one of his top performances. I actually think this year, if you look back at his MVP season, I think there's a lot you can argue that says this year was more impressive. Now, the numbers aren't as gaudy, but as far as being impressive in regards to how he did it, 
doing it without Tyreek Hill, doing it with a, an assemblance of rookies and other kind of unknown guys. Uh, then you, you know, you move towards the divisional round and he's hurt, comes back in the game, uh, leads us to victory, big question mark leading into the AFC championship. You know, he's hobbled just a bit, maybe a little bit less than what many people thought he would be and still played top shelf against Joe Burrow and everybody wanting to anoint him as the, the better quarterback. And so to me, I think we can, we can pinpoint this little window of the AFC championship, but I think you look at the whole global picture of the entire season, the big picture of this season tells me like we, we already knew we had something really special in Patrick Mahomes, but like the grit, the determination, the, the, the uses of all his weapons, um, the fact that he didn't have the, the Tyreek Hill guy that can catch a five yard pass and turn it into 60 yards uh, down the field, like didn't have that luxury. And yet you still made it happen and got to the promised line. It was incredible. It, it, it was a remarkable, yeah. remarkable performance. And, and I've said this before, that the greatest advantage in all of sports is the Patrick Mahomes contract. You know, I, when he signed that 10 years of $450 million, my first thought was the Chiefs are getting a steal here because of who he is, how productive, and still the age. Like, we are about three, two years away from Mahomes being like the – 13th highest paid quarterback in the NFL. Mm-hmm. It, like I can't think of too many other advantages than than that deal. Oh yeah, it's huge. And I I mean if you want to draw up a script, if anybody ever wanted to write a screenplay, uh, a movie in some respect of how to announce yourself in the NFL as a star, just go back and look at how Patrick Mahomes has done it. He's 6 years in the league. Five years as a starter, he sat for his entire rookie year, except for the last game of the season, which we didn't need to win to get into the playoffs. He came out like gangbusters from game one of the preseason on throughout till this day. Uh, what does he do? Okay, he makes some money. Guess what? I'm going to buy some stock and some interest in the Royals. And there's this new women's soccer league coming to town, and I'm going to go along with my wife and buy uh, a part of that team, and I'm going to buy some some interest in K- uh, Sporting KC, the soccer organization, and all of the things that he's done. I mean, it's so impressive, not just on the field, but off the field, and how he's embraced the the Chiefs' kingdom, how the Chiefs in- the Chiefs' kingdom have has embraced him. Like it's it's really a special story, and. You know, I'm going to look forward to the movie down the road because I know there's more chapters to be made in it. But if you talk about how, like, we've seen the pitfalls of guys in different cities, whether they were the number one pick or a Super Bowl winning quarterback, maybe not doing things the right way off the field, maybe a little bit of a a recluse or uh, secludes themselves, not really showing their personality. And then you see how Patrick Mahomes does it. And I think it's it's just a, a testament to his parents, to how he was raised, but just also just the fine dude that he is. And by the way, he's he's winning, like yeah. continuing to win, and that makes it even more cool. Yeah, no, all the receivers getting hurt still found a way to get it done. All right, Danon, I'll leave you with this question: Who looks dumber, Bengals players calling it Burrowhead or the mayor of Cincinnati? You can only pick one. Who's dumber? Oh my gosh, 
Well, the mayor did look dumb because he was reading from the script. Yes. He didn't really have any kind of flavor to it. None. Like, not at all. Thank you. Your father. Like, he would know. Like, to me, most people, if you're going to talk trash, you don't say, I'm your father. You say, you know, he's your daddy. That's like, right. You would say, like, that's, you know what I mean? So that, I would say, kind of puts him over the top. But an extremely, extremely close second is <laughs> Eli Apple and Mike Hilton yeah. and, and Joe Burrow with his T-shirt. Sorry in advance coming into the stadium. I mean, all of that stuff uh, coupled together. Mike Hilton gets beat for a touchdown by MVS, and Eli Apple gets the crucial penalty um, on on the hold on MVS as well. So two guys that open their mouth up the biggest uh, wind up having two of probably the four biggest blunders in the game. Yeah, and uh, you're right about the mayor. I mean, no, no flair, no panache. You could tell it was completely yeah. scripted, and his delivery stunk as well. <laughs> hey, hey, Danon, really appreciate. Congrats! I saw that video of you and your entire broadcast team. That had to feel great. And uh, now you get to look forward to two weeks to getting set for the big game. All the best, and uh, in, 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 enjoy two weeks from now. I appreciate it, man. Thanks, and go Chiefs. Yeah, absolutely. That is Danon Hughes, radio broadcaster with the Kansas City Chiefs.